You're here, which means that you've found spirit crumbs, leading you to your inner light worker. I will be sharing how these tiny little hints from the universe have led me to where I am today. I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of others, you'll pick up your own spirit crumbs along the way that will lead you to somewhere magical. Thanks for coming along for the journey. Let's see where it takes us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I'm your host, Andrea McCallum. And today I have an extra special guest. I have Danielle Serank, Squamish Medium, who I work with on almost a daily basis and has become one of my very good friends. So welcome, Danielle. Welcome. Thank you for welcoming me. I'm so excited to be here. And it is kind of daily. We try to have boundaries, but we do end up talking almost daily, don't we? <laughs> we do, yes. It's one of those things that has come through spirit crumbs where I was even drawn to her through her podcast and then going on Instagram. And I joined the la very last second into her community, which is now called the Spirit School Collective. And since then, I also took her Empowered Podcaster course, which birthed this podcast. And then ended up editing her podcast and we've been connected ever since then. And one of the things that I think is really cool is I've been talking about manifesting your dream life. And Danielle has been a huge part of me doing that for myself. And I even to the point where I actually literally wrote down the only job I would do to have something, some steady income would be to work for Danielle. I did that in June of 2021, I believe. And it was before the end of the year that she reached out for me to be part of Team Spirit School which yeah. I think is just so wild looking back at it now. Yeah, my crown's tingling, actually, because like you, I don't know if you know this, but like you were on my manifestation list as well. Like it was probably actually even around the same time because I remember talking to Danielle, my other assistant who's been with me since day one. You guys have worked very closely together. And I remember saying, I'm like, I think we need someone else. And I'm like, and there's only one person that I'm looking at right now. And it's Andrea. And I said that months before I reached out to you. And then I kind of saw the writing on the wall. And I reached out to you saying, you know, I'm not ready at this very moment. But just know, like, I'm thinking about asking you to come work at Team Spirit School. I don't know how open you are to that. But, you know, I need help. And then your first day was like when I got COVID for my first time. And then Danielle had a flu and you completely ran the business by yourself week one, day one. <laughs> <laughs> launched my program for me and like you're not going anywhere ever since <laughs> exactly I feel like it almost works out perfectly even the way that I've manifested because I tend to get mostly invested in things when I feel like I have to own them right away I don't like a soft launch feeling for something because it makes me feel like there's am I doing enough it makes me question myself but when I'm thrown into something and I have to just do it is when I feel the most connected so I feel like even that as upsetting as it was for both of me to be terribly ill it just like for me was like okay I can do this I have all the pieces I need gosh I think we even had to push back that program a week so like your first course of action is like tell these 50 plus people that I'm not going to be there till next week <laughs> yeah yeah, yes, it, it was bears. <laughs> yeah, I learned best like that too. I'm like, just give it to me. Let me figure it out. That clear cognizance, like I'm sure it will kick in. And you've done great. You've done phenomenal. So yeah, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. But yeah, I feel like this whole journey has been so magical. And I think one of the things that drew me to you also is the fact that I've always just had this weird knowing that things are going to work out. And I do things that to other people are wild. They're like, I would never do that. But in my head until after I've done it, I'm just like, it's the next step. It's the next step. It seems so logical in my brain. I'm just like, I'm going to do it. Like quitting my job and going back to school when I was like 30 was 
no real plan and moving. I moved before I even got accepted. I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. And then afterwards, when you're telling people, you're like, how do you do that and just trust? And then you think, oh, yeah, I guess that was kind of out of order or like that wasn't really logical. And I know you've done that many times and especially recently. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how that works for you in terms of just trusting and moving forward. Yeah. OK, it's just so much to say, because, yeah, I mean, you're just basically mapping out my career like I feel like every decision I've made has felt like such a leap of faith because in this spiritual space it's like you know you're guided for sure but spirit doesn't spoon feed you anything right they prepare you for the path that's being laid out and sometimes to be prepared is to walk through scary things and sometimes it doesn't work out and other times it works out better than you could have imagined and I'm at a point in my life right now where like everything is cherry on the top because I've already exceeded any expectations I've had on myself. And so I'm just always being pleasantly surprised at the next turn. I remember being in my kitchen when I first learned I could call things in. I grew up in a lot of scarcity. I was with a husband who, you know, was definitely more financially stable than me, but then also had a lot of scarcity. Like there's not enough. We have to take it to the grave with us. Like just so much scarcity around it. And I started playing with, you know, I wonder if we could earn a little bit more. I wonder if we can scale back these. And I started just like declaring these really wild numbers that seemed unattainable to me. So I remember my first ever vision board, I put, you know, I want to make $111,000 this year. And I, I was in a $58,000 per year salary job. You're not earning more there. And then when I pulled out that vision board the next year and I looked at it, I was like, I actually think I did that because what ended up happening was the government of Canada messaged me saying, you know, we've miscalculated your taxes for eight years and we have to back pay you what we owe you. And it was like 60K. That they owe me from like eight years of taxes. And that was like the first ever windfall I've ever had in my life financially. And it, it was magical. And that to me was like, oh my God, I called this in. So I started playing with that. I was like, can I? So I started testing it with my sessions when I first started charging. I'd be like, I need $1,100 a month to put towards my development and the retreat I want to go to. And not a word of a lie, I would get exactly that many clients. And I would be like, I started getting waitlist early on and I didn't like waitlist because they felt like energy pulling on me. So I would tell spirit, I just need six clients this month. That is it. And I would just get six. So then, you know, my husband would have his scarcity meltdown in the kitchen and he'd be like, well, we can't afford it. And I would literally twirl and be like, I'll just make more. <laughs> <laughs> And I would every single time. And so like even my husband has been interesting watching him watch me like manifest and call these things in and take these scary leaps that seem completely impractical. And it works out every time. Maybe it doesn't work out with ease and it, it's not easy as you've seen. I mean, you see me through my darkest moments and it's like it's not easy, but it does work out usually and often for better. And so when you start taking these kind of high risk leaps, they become a bit easier to take because you have evidence that like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. And it usually pushes me forward, not back. So yeah, so it's easier. And then, you know, I'm sure you want me to talk about launching a school. <laughs> You're like, it's sitting in it. And like, that was just, you know, yeah. uh, a a dream at one point, but now you're physically sitting there in spirit school in Squamish. Yeah. So this was the biggest leap. I mean, the retreat was too, because like, you know, yeah. Andrea helped me with my first retreat and like a retreat's not cheap to plan. Like you need 70K cash down. You know what I mean? For like a retreat. And so that was a high risk for me. And it, it came up in the policies were like, no refund. <laughs> like, 
because it's scary. Like that's all upfront costs. And so that for me, I think that retreat really prepared me for the leap of Spear School because we went from like $150,000 commitment to a $500,000 commitment, like more than that, even at this rate between the five-year lease and the construction costs and stuff. And so, but it was interesting because originally I was looking for an office because I wanted to get out of my bedroom. And yeah. so looking for an office proved to be really hard, but then it started like, well, maybe I need an office with like a workshop space. And I live in a very, very small town. And all of a sudden I came across synchronistically this like oceanfront office and workshop space. It didn't even have running water. It was cement and windows and walls. And like, that's pretty much it. And we had to build this from the place up. But what happens is I will walk into a space and the cognizance kicks in, this knowing kicks in. And like, I was standing there with two realtors, a contractor, designer, my husband, who's skeptical AF. And I was saying to people exactly this order. I was like, this is going to cost 200 grand to fix. I've never done a construction in my life. And I'm telling the contractor, like, this will cost about 200 grand here. I'm going to go to this organization and get a grant. And I'm going to go to this organization and get some funding. And I just knew how it was going to get done. And it happened exactly how I knew it was going to get done. So then the question is, did I call that in? Or was something like revealed to me? That's like the nuanced detail that sometimes I'm like, does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to know. Yeah. But like it happened. And so I like to think both. I like to think I called it in, but I also like to think I've been led as well. I think that's such a good way of looking at it because I feel the same way. Sometimes it's like the chicken or the egg in that situation. And again, like you said, sometimes it's like, does it matter? I got there and I trusted. And either way, it involved trust and moving forward with something. And I really like what you talked about in the beginning saying that spirit doesn't hand things over to us like we do have to do the work and I think that's why for me the way I describe spirit crumbs is it's not just synchronicity this magical energy that just things happen it's like the tangible things that you have to act on like it's mm -hmm. like yes it's, it gets brought to you magically but you still have to make the choice to be like oh I'm going to do this I'm sure there's probably a whole group of spirit around me all the time being like how come you're not seeing this obvious point right in front of you but the things I do see that I do act on are the things that end up working out the best. And I think that part of like having to take action is so important. And I love that you brought that up because, yeah, you can have this space come in front of you and see it and be like, this is amazing. I would love it. But if you don't make the commitment and start moving forward, then it's just a space. Sorry, right? it's not spirit school. Exactly. And like we have that phrase in Spear School where it's like, you know, the signier sign. Like sometimes you can't wait for the signier sign to show up or you'll be waiting forever and you'll make excuses on not taking a chance all the time. Like, oh, it wasn't a Sunday at two. And I said, <laughs> I wanted the sign at Sunday at two, you know, and it's like, yeah. And then I think, too, sometimes spirit doesn't spoon feed things to us and we have to walk this path because we have to like evolve. You know, I have this space, but I had to do some growing to talk about the things I need to talk about in the space. And unfortunately, that's often done through discomfort and that's often done through hard lessons. Not every time we're manifesting something and we're met with resistance, it means that it's not for us, right? It actually helps you kind of define for yourself like how much resolve you have, you know what I mean? To like gusto, because I think one of entrepreneurship in particular, like if one quality an entrepreneur needs is grit. Yeah. You have to, right? Because it's not easy. It's a lot of pressure. You have to have self-led grit to like really make it full time 
doing this type of work, any entrepreneurship would require the same. So sometimes I think we're shown examples of how much grit we actually have as well, right? That makes so much sense. And I think too, it's that element of risk that there's, that's always there. And it's like, if you don't take a risk, you're not going to grow in anything, especially in entrepreneurship. If you want to grow and you want to get a bigger space or more clients or more money, it involves putting yourself in a vulnerable position either way. And I think that's one thing that you get noticed for a lot is the fact that you share those pieces of it. Because I think what we see in the spiritual space and the online space is these entrepreneurs talking about seven-figure businesses and all this stuff, but all they show you is them in their nice clothes out on vacations. And it's like, that's not the work though. That's the thing. It's like as an earth sign too, like we're both earth signs as well, where it's like, I know there was some work between point A and point B. <laughs> like you didn't yeah. just show up on a yacht one day. There's a lot of in between. So I think that it's really important that you do share these more vulnerable moments. And I know you share more with the collective because they're your inner circle of the membership as well. But I think that's something that you do that is different, which is what sets you apart, which is what drew me to you. Because I know, like, I've been in a struggle many times. And if I see someone out there who doesn't seem to struggle, I'm like, how can I relate to you? Well, and I think, too, it's not like, you know, what I think about the struggle, too, and sometimes it feels very vulnerable. Like, I was even telling my parents a couple of weeks ago, it's like, God, I just feel so naked out here sometimes. Like, I'm just putting myself out there. And it's so hard being in front of a screen where people can't, like, engage with you and, like, say yes. And, you know, it's not like we're rooting for other people to, like, have struggles. But we all have struggles. It's about being transparent because we just want to be seen and heard. Like, whether that's, like, directly or through somebody else's experience. So sometimes I think, like, in my early development, it would have just been nice to hear one person say they don't feel good enough. Just one person just say, yeah, I I never quite feel like I'm at my highest potential in this yet. Like, I would love just one person to say that so I can like let go of that illusion. Like, I'm that's what I'm meant to be striving towards. Because I I know now I have enough intimate relationships with people who are in a similar space to me that we all feel like this. We're not all that different, right? I just feel like we're meant to come together a bit more than live separately on these things. And that takes some real honest conversations. Right. But it's that balance, too, between speaking woundology, as Caroline Miss says, right, because that can tend to overtake some of these vulnerable conversations, too. It's like up leveling each other in our wounds. <laughs> so it's a fine balance. It's a fine balance. But I think I have that balance. And I think that that's what people are drawn to. I don't necessarily sound like a victim or a martyr, no. but I am sharing like the shit that comes up for sure. Absolutely. And I think that idea of being transparent, I think, has to show both because you're also sharing your wins. Like you're not also being in that victim thing of like all these bad things keep happening to me. You're like, I have this amazing space and I had to do some hard self-reflection. I had to do some hard human work. And like, I think that's something you do share about a lot, too, is that in any capacity, if you're in the spiritual space sharing your gifts, that development path is going to be a human path, too. Like you're going to have that. It's a full life experience. It's not isolated and it's not individual. It's going to impact everyone around you as well when you're doing that kind of self-work. Absolutely. Yeah. It takes a lot of self-reflection, the healing journey. It's a big one. It's probably the biggest. It's definitely harder and stickier than learning to read energy. (laughs) Yeah, I would totally agree. I think because like spirit is very loving and it's like humans, we are not, you know, we are not the nicest to ourselves. And like, we do have to look at a lot of things. So I think it is a much more difficult space to be in. 
But I think that's where having community is really helpful because then it's a little bit easier to not isolate yourself and not have this, you know, constant hamster wheel going on and getting those conversations out there. And you do make that the center of everything and all of your programs. There's always a community space where people can see that they're not the only one that doesn't feel good enough. And they're not the only one who had a bad reading and wants to curl up in a hole and and never see it again, see each other again. Like, I think that's one of the beautiful things that you do so well. And I'm just wondering how that journey of community started for you with your development. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I was even on Instagram Live a couple hours ago and that exact question came up. I had a really bad reading. I don't want to go back in. What do I do? I'm like, we will all hit that eventually. So you are not alone. And sometimes I think that is enough healing to keep the energy moving forward where we don't get stuck in this vortex of hating on ourselves and being hard. I mean, I am so hard on myself. So I feel even hypocritical saying that because (laughs) I have impossible expectations of myself. My role is to learn how to live within those, knowing that I have those expectations. I'm not someone who could ever release them. I'm just not. It's just my cosmic makeup. And so it's like, okay, Danielle, <laughs> be kind to yourself. You've done great. Okay. Like keep moving forward. And going back just a tiny bit, I actually find it harder to share celebrations than the struggles. That is so uncomfortable for me. So uncomfortable for me. So all these people are like, I made this and I did this. I tend to kind of like slip in, but then I feel bad. I still am learning to be comfortable with sharing my success. Then it is like, I'll share the light with ease, but like telling people like how successful Spirit School has become, like I don't, it's hard. That part's actually a lot harder for me than sharing in the struggle. So do what we will with that. With the community piece, the interesting thing is that like I never really had a sense of community growing up. And what I've done with spirit school is I've always looked at my development journey, my life journey, and wondered, like, what did I need back then? Like, what do I think I actually needed to feel like whole, secure, safe, supported, seen? And, you know, even if you look at like documentaries like Happy, it's like we know that community is actually at the root of living a long life, at the root of our levels of communal and national levels of happiness. So we know community and a connection to a community is quite healing. I've also seen people recover from super severe addictions to things like opioids and heroin just through connecting in with culture and community. So from an Indigenous lens, I can see so clearly how community can be such a healing space to be in. And I've never had that. And so when I started Spirit School, it was so important to me that community and learning to be in community with each other was something that I know will support and help people in their path. It will also bring up some wounds. It will bring up some shadowy stuff. But is there not a more safe place to kind of play with that and work through that than a space like Spirit School where, you know me, I mean, I see everyone's high self. I'm like, y'all are perfect to me. You know what I mean? So it's like, just be messy and and figure it out and learn to be in community with one another and support one another and and share vulnerably so we just feel like less alone and we can thrive together doing this work for a long time, not just like the next year, but like the next 50 years. Because that's what I have seen in the space is very few people last this work in the long term. And I do think because it's quite lonely. It's a very lonely path. Even me being immersed in community can feel quite lonely sometimes, right? But the community makes me feel less lonely. That is 
definitely how I feel as well. But I think knowing that you created it because of an absence of that in your life, I think that's also a really beautiful thing to see because it's like self-healing, but also like offering that for other people. And I know for myself, I'm a very like independent person. I tend to do everything. I live by myself. I do everything by myself. And so the fact that I came into this space, not skeptical of the essence of it, but like, am I going to enjoy being in this space with other people? Do I want people to see me? Do I want to be seen? And the fact that right off the bat, I was like, these people are amazing. (laughs) It's like people who are drawn to that kind of a space do have a certain intention to their the way that they interact with one another. And I think it's just so beautiful to see that. And I see it in every program that we do every round. You see people doing shout outs for each other and lifting each other up. And I feel like that kind of breaks the mold from what I see in a lot of other spaces and communities and development spaces. I think the fact that people come in with that intention to like celebrate each other is Mm -hmm. so unique. And I think The idea of reciprocity, which we talk about all the time, it's one of the values of spirit school. I think I see that so much just in energy exchange, like people answering each other's questions and people want to contribute. And I think that's something we don't really think about. You're like, I know as someone who overgives, it's like, how much more can I give to people? But like, they also want to be able to contribute too. So like the more, every time we open up an opportunity for people to do something, like you're going to be doing the first in-person uh, spirit fair and there's what eight people or seven or eight people that are going to be showing up to like do that because yeah. they've gone to know each other through spirit school and they've gained confidence through that and I just wonder what it's like now having that sort of go from online to in the physical space and getting to like see that in person again yeah I think the retreat the sacred spirit retreat like you were at and Danielle was at and that to me was a oh so you cry it's like a pivotal moment in my career It was like, uh, you know, before the pandemic, I had debilitating stage fright. I would black out in front of a group. I did two demonstrations before the pandemic. And the first one, I kind of did black out. And so the retreat was kind of interesting because this is like mostly the membership, right? I would say about 80% of the participants were the membership and they've seen each other in little bubbles on Mighty and a couple of practice pairings here or there. Some they've just seen posts and they never actually engaged with. And the surprising thing was first, I had no stage fright. It's like we went in and I was saying to you guys the day of, I'm like, do you realize this is the first in-person anything I have done in three years? Like my heart's palpitating just talking about it. Like <laughs> that, that pressure is huge. I was like, I don't even know if I'm not going to black out in front of people. Like I didn't have time to think about it because I'd become such a natural teacher online, like teaching hundreds of classes a year. And the surprising thing for me was like how a sense of community can translate both on and offline. And I tested it again with a two-day workshop here at Spirit School, which isn't an eat, sleep, stay. And the same thing happened. So maybe, and you know, maybe I'm just throwing this out there, but maybe I am a connector of community. You know what I mean? Not to say community can't exist without me, but it's kind of like I started seeing in different pockets, whether it was a two-hour workshop or two-day workshop or five-day retreat. It's like community just tends to form around me And it might just be the way that I present myself or the energy I give off. I don't know. But I feel very lucky because as I'm sitting in moon circles just for two hours with people or two hour mediumship development circle, like here at Spirit School, there's always this beautiful sense of community. And I think it actually exists everywhere. I think what happens is if I, as the teacher, can let down my guard, let you know off the bat, I'm not perfect. I am not spiritually superior. I swear I have my hangups. I am not a a perfect person. 
maybe that gives other people permission to just kind of like relax and be themselves a little bit. And that's that kind of sense of community. But I love both online and in person. I would say I prefer the online stuff right now, to be honest with you. But I think that's just because for three years, that was my entire life. I mean, Andrea helps me out in my classes with my Zoom rooms, right? And then I'm sitting in a circle. I'm like, okay, partner up. And it's a fucking mess. And I'm like, fuck. Like, where's Andrea in my Zoom rooms? I'm like, so there's like some things that like I'm still trying to translate in person that yeah. I, I I do so naturally online. And like, that's one of them. I'm like, do I have to like number people? <laughs> Is this what we're doing here? So we're still working out the kinks. But I think as long as I'm transparent, I'm open and I have a sense of humor about it. I'm not trying to pass myself off as like impure or imperfect. Then we're all good. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is really interesting because I've been in the collective since day one. So it's been like three years. And so being at the retreat and the other thing that kept blowing me away was that people's energy was exactly the same to the point where I was almost like freaked out. Like, are we sure we haven't done this before? Like, is this a simulation? Like, were we there the whole time? Like, it was just so incredible to see how genuine the people are that are, you know, drawn to your energy and into the spirit school space. And I think it's true that it does exist everywhere, but the being the first person to say, okay, this is where we're meeting or like creating the space is the thing that I think we're missing. Somebody would have to be the first one to be vulnerable and say, hey, I'm going to create this space. Do you want to come join me? And I think that's a really hard thing for people to do to like really create that space, which is what you're so good at. So yeah. I feel like that is what's missing maybe. Well, and I felt like and I, I just started thinking about this this morning. So it's so interesting we're talking about this. But I started thinking about all the spaces like I was developing in. And the one goal was to be the best medium. It's mm. like the teacher wants me to be the best. I need to be the best. Like everyone else is looking here to be the best. I hated that energy. I'm like, because to some regard, I think how good we are is charted, right? I think not everyone's meant to be David Beckham. Not everyone's meant to be like a total rock star like Sylvia Brown or Teresa Caputo or whatever. I want to have a community of healthy and happy mediums. Like I want people to love themselves. I want people to take it easy on themselves. Like I'm almost like interested in helping people like see their amazingness and their human and like the mediumship stuff comes secondary because like you won't be able to be your best until you reconcile what's going on in here. Right. And so that's what I felt was kind of missing in a lot of mediumship in particular communities. It's hard to build community when you want to be the best because the best is connected to an individualistic way of looking at society because to be the best, it means other people have to be the worst. Right. So there's already hierarchies at play. And I hate that. You know, I'm like decolonized as much as I humanly can be in living within capitalism and the framework of it. But it's like, I don't want a community where we're all trying to be the best. I want you to be the best you, like the best version of you and trust that that highest potential in your abilities is actually quite charted, right? And and we're getting there. But can you stay well? Can you stay sane? Can you love yourself and like love your peers like while you're doing this? I think that is what's going to help people stay on the path for the long term. Because I've seen so many people just give up because they realize they're not the best. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a sad thing to think about because the intention of mediumship is connecting people to their loved ones. There's a healing energy behind that. So for people to turn it into a competition is just really unfortunate because like you said, then it creates hierarchies. And I think then 
that's what I think that now what just clicked in my head is like, that's probably why we see so many people only showing their highlight reels. That's one thing that you have people do in the more advanced programs is to create a highlight reel of their best moments. But then it also makes them realize like, oh, it was a great reading. They had these great things happen in the reading, but like that was 10% of it or that was 5% of the reading. Right. And I think that that perspective of realizing that's what you're watching on TV, you're not seeing you know, the entire session where there's pauses and no's and things that don't resonate. You're just seeing the highlights. And I yeah. think that is why it's so hard for someone to put themselves out there in a capacity that is more vulnerable if that's the only expectation is to live up to someone's highlight reel. So I think yeah. the fact that you do show all of it is why people are more willing to try too. They're more willing to experiment. And I actually, one of the things that surprised me the most being in the community early on was how many people were sharing the things that they weren't doing well and mm -hmm. saying, listen, I just bombed this. This went terribly, like, it is so vulnerable. And like, I being a very Capricorn, very like, I have to be so good. I can only show things when I feel like it's perfect. And that started to break that down for me. So I feel like that is the energy you create. Yeah. And I feel like it, it's worth saying too, like even these spaces I, I was in, not shitting on, like this is unconscious behavior. Like this is behavior that is so unconscious because it's ingrained in our society. It's our financial system with credit scores, right? It's the education system with going to an Ivy League school. It's everywhere in society, this hierarchy and this being the best, right? And so what happens is it doesn't belong in the spiritual space. It really doesn't. And so what we want to do is just kind of like break down like what belongs in the 3D space that we actually chose to come in. I chose to come in during a time where capitalism is about to shift and change and hopefully die. But like yeah. I still came here to experience that. And so, you know, I don't think like a lot of this um, behavior is malintended or malicious in any way. It is just how our society, especially North America, is structured. It's there's the haves and the have-nots. There's the best and then everyone else. And so we just have to kind of look at our spiritual spaces and our spiritual practices and say, like, does this behavior belong here? In the long run, does this support the longevity of this art? Right. And the truth is it doesn't. And so that's literally what I try to break down. I'm like, I don't care if you're the best. I want you happy. I want you feeling whole. I want you feeling connected to something bigger than yourself. Well, you'll get to where you need to be and spirit has a plan for you. So I'm not getting involved in that, right? Absolutely. And I think the term that keeps coming to my head when you're speaking of that is sustainability. And I think in every area of life and society, we're looking at that now. And I think the idea of like sustaining a path does have to include a whole human experience. You have to be, you have to have enough money and resources to support yourself. You have to be healthy in your body. And like all of these things are part of it. Some people try to go so far into the selfless thing of saying you shouldn't charge for your readings. And that's a whole other thing. And then some people are so far the other way where they're like, I just want to make money. I want to do back to back to back readings. But I think finding that middle ground of like showing up as yourself, looking after yourself and actually connecting with the people on the other side of the reading. Like, I think that's what I really notice it when we do all of the partner pairings. And then when you see people do readings for the public and it focuses on how happy people are when they make a connection that is healing to the person they're reading for. That's mm -hmm. what they focus on in spirit school compared to like, wow, I got X number of things that are that were correct. 
the reflections people, I'm getting like crown tingles when I'm saying that, the reflections that people share in spirit school are about like, this woman was crying because it meant so much to her that I brought through this information. And I think that's a big part of it too. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Thank you for reflecting that back to me because the truth is I haven't really been in too many online community spaces, to be honest with you. So I appreciate that. Thank you for reflecting that back to me. Yeah, I do. I do pop into different ones here and there. I can't say I'm active in any of them, but I just kind of scroll through to see what the conversations are like. But I think, yeah, there's just this really beautiful energy of people just like who genuinely just want to be in service. You just started now moving into the next year, having themes for every month in the Spirit School Collective. And I think that also shows that like they're not about like how to be the best at this, how to be the best at that. They're about being a human. Like right now we're, for the fall, it's it's sacred human. And right now we're in being balanced-ish and we're going into a month that's going to be sacred ritual. And so yeah. it's this, it's these focused themes that I think allow people to see that there's way more to the path than just being the best or, you know, focusing on your readings too. And I love well, that. And this is how come I love that personal development side of mediumship development. I'm obsessed with it. I mean, it, it is my path. It's my dharma. This is how I teach mediumship because in my career, if I wanted to get like clear personalities, let's just say, okay. So it's like, I just want to be able to like bring through their essence with such clarity, like their loved one has no doubt that they're there. They can feel them. They, the atmosphere changes in the room. There was nothing in mediumship development that got me better at that. What got me better at that was learning how to trust and learning how to surrender. And learning how to trust and surrender isn't always done in the mediumship arena. It's done in your marriage. It's done in your partnerships. It's done in the relationships that you have out there in the real world. And so I started seeing this tether of energy and this balance of development that often what we're striving for over here in our sessions is actually worked out and developed over here in our human. They're completely tied to each other. So that's how come it's like I teach the initiation a couple times a year. I have the foundations there, but doing more of this is not going to necessarily move you along where you want to go because it's actually over here connected to your life. And so that's come I want people to see every area of their life and just know if you have to step away from doing readings, even just for like a month and work your shit out over here, it is going to translate over in your reading. Something will move. And that's where people go nuts. It's like, I'm doing the practice readings. I'm doing all these things and nothing's changing. I'm like, because it doesn't need to be developed over here. The foundation's over here. If energies are moving over here, you have to look over here. Absolutely. And I think it's like whatever you're avoiding in your like human life is probably what's missing in the other space. Like if you're having relationship issues that you're avoiding, it's probably blocking you from making a clear connection in readings. And I think even for me, looking back when you were talking about in society, how everything's based on like hierarchy, I have so much polarity in what I experience where like, and I know you talk about this as well, where like one area of life is doing really well and the other area is not. And at the same time, I was literally within a few months, I was graduating with like a 4.0 in university and I was going through a bankruptcy. You have to recognize that like those numbers really are only something that's arbitrary. It's not that important. When you were talking about even like the breaking out of capitalism and how you have decolonized as much as humanly possible within, you know, that structure, you haven't changed your prices even in your programs in the last few years. And that's not a motivating factor for you. You have a business to run, you have expenses. So yes, you have to charge for it, but that's not what drives you forward. I think 
even like working for you, seeing every aspect of your business, how you've started to do this through the trauma of money, which you took. And now you're going to be doing the trauma-informed light worker as well. I just feel like adding that as a, like already spirit school is like way above everything else for the inclusion, but now adding this other opportunity for people to go forward with that lens, I think is so important too. Yeah, I think unfortunately for me, (laughs) I hate saying this because it sounds so braggy, but it's like, I've always gone like a little bit before my friends, experienced things first, like marriage. You know what I mean? Not so much kids, but I was married at 18. Like I've always been a little bit of a trailblazer. I've kind of seen that, like done things like a little bit differently. And so for me, as I started coming pretty successful financially, I started finding myself in circles where money helped people buy things, right? Like, uh, fancy purses and vacations and digital nomads, which sounds like a total nightmare to me, by the way. I hate traveling. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's like not my dream. And I really struggled with what more could I need? You know what I mean? I remember talking to my friend and we started business together and she had all these big dreams about like generational wealth and like buying like all these like rental homes. And I guess that doesn't excite me as much. Then I was struggling with like, you know, I, I'm going to buy a new mop system, like this fancy mop system. I don't even have to do anything. It's like the convenience thing for me has always been like where I like to spend my money, like outsourcing my laundry, yeah, getting a house cleaner, like that kind of stuff is the only real motivation I have financially. <laughs> I grew up with nothing. So it's like, yeah, it, it there's not a lot of high expectations, but I did find myself very early on being like influenced to like, you know, you have so much more experience and you're so proven you could be charging this much and like you've made this much, you can be guiding like people through like this. And for me, what happens, and I think you're a bit like this too, like this counterculture where it's like, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm not going (laughs) to raise my prices and I'm actually going to do a pay what you can plan. And so like I could be a bit of a rebel where I'm like, I'm going to do the exact opposite of what because you can just tell it just sits wrong with me. But then I had to kind of get clear because I also like with my money wounds, it's like I'm not someone who's going to like stockpile wealth. I can't. It's like that's just part of my money wound. I'm like, I need something purposeful or intentional with this. So like with profits, I built Spear School. Now we have a community together and I can get out of my bedroom. That's kind of nice. You know what I mean? That's where that kind of comes from. I haven't raised my prices in three years. I've just tried to find more ways of being generous when I did that kind of like work within, I was like, you know, if I did have all the success and all this wealth, what would I do with it? And the truth is I would create more opportunities for more people and just like share the light, share the wealth. And that to me is much more fulfilling than sleeping on a bank account with multiple like six figures, right? And that's kind of where that drive comes from. And I'm very lucky I'm not with someone who is super financially motivated either. And it works very good for us. We both want to like live a good life and quite a simple life, to be honest with you too. Our desires are quite simple. So yeah, thank you for noticing that because not a lot of people notice that. And, uh, but you did. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I definitely noticed that. I am similar in a way to you. It doesn't motivate me either. And what you said about like outsourcing laundry and stuff, like even when I was like almost in bankruptcy and like in the pandemic, I was still ordering my groceries before COVID. Like I was like, I refuse to go to the grocery store. I hate it. I'm not doing it. And that's where I source my money. I've been doing dream life readings for people. And that has come up a lot where people, the reason they feel like they haven't reached their dream life is that they're not looking at their own true desires they're looking at what they're seeing and they're like i'm not there what do i need to do to get there but it's like do you want to be there 
like to me, I already feel like I'm basically living my dream life. Like I don't have a set schedule. We have a couple times a week that we have set things that we do, you know, in spirit school. But if I want to go for a walk at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, I can do that. Having slow mornings, like that's what meant a lot to me. For sure. And, you know, it's funny because I don't know if you're like this too, like going back to manifesting, but when I have something I want, I can usually get it. And so like if I need you know, like I want a retreat center next. Like, you know, because me and Nick were always like, we want a cabin on a lake, a cabin on a lake. And I'm a Capricorn. So I'm working. I'm like, I have no plan on retiring at any time. And so why can't this cabin on a lake be a retreat center? That's also Nick's hobby. My husband, he loves groundkeeping and puttering around and building things. And that would be so perfect for both of us. I get to continue working, get to have a center for community. He can like garden and do all the stuff that he loves to do. And so, you know, that's my next financial goal is like a full on live, eat, sleep, stay retreat center in Squamish, too. So on a lake. I don't know where that is, but we're going to make it right. It's going to happen. And I know it's going to happen. I have zero doubt in my body that that's going to happen. So I have to release control to the when, the how, the why. And a lot of this has to do with integrity. Just making sure like I feel like I'm in integrity with how I'm making money, how I'm spending money, giving as much as I'm receiving and that reciprocity, which is super important to me, holding firm boundaries because sometimes you can overgive. I can tend to overgive. And with this latest program, I've had to kind of scale back. And I'm like, you know, Andrea, like I've been here before when I open yep. up this floodgate, she comes in strong. So like, you know, it's like being over generous too, which I'm having to kind of work on as well. It's interesting how like at every different like checkpoint where like you're like, okay, I'm manifesting this and then you get there. And I think that part for me is always hard because the second I'm, I get something I'm like, okay, what's next? Like I'm always looking ahead, but I do feel like just because we've been kind of like on this journey for the last few years, I do feel like this is the period where I felt you like feeling into it the most. Like it just feels like the last couple of months, as much as there's been like ups and downs for all of us, I just feel like it, I've seen you kind of enjoying it the most where you're like with your dog and like getting to have your dog at spirit school and like all these like small things. And I think that is so important to like to have those moments where you're like, wow, I'm here. But I was going to ask you what your next dream dream life scenario was going to be. So I love that you described that. And I'm a double Capricorn, like Danielle's husband. So like, I totally yes, feel that sure. too, where it's like, I like to have little projects to do. I feel like I would be your husband in that situation where you'd be like in the community, hanging out with people. And I'd be like out doing some weird projects. So I totally feel yeah, like I mean, I'm still trying to manifest you moving out here and just like being out here full time. So I, I took Andrea, I was like, Andrea, come out a week before the retreat. I'll get you an Airbnb. Just come chill in Squamish. And like secretly, I'm hoping she's going to fall in love with it and be like, how do I move here? <laughs> Not like I was trying to be manipulative, but like I totally can picture you there at the Spirit School Retreat Center, right? Like the HQ. But yeah, one of my biggest lessons, and I appreciate you reflecting that back, that celebration piece. When I think too, that's my conditioning within that capitalism has been like more. What's next? There has to be more. And like my biggest learning has been to not strive for more. In my business, you know, I could work five days a week and we would all be laughing pretty big here, right? But like, it that's not my only motivator. I'm like, I want actual time to go paddle boarding or like you say, drop the kids off and then go take the dog to the river for an hour, which is one of my favorite activities. I actually thought that yesterday. If somebody said, what's your lifestyle? I'd be like, dog. <laughs> dog Literally. is my lifestyle. And she's my perfect lifestyle. I'm like laying in the grass with her, rubbing her belly. I mean, she's just... 
you know, if I ever had another career pivot, it would be a doggy daycare because I love the dog lifestyle. And that doesn't sound very bougie because it doesn't cost a thing, you know, (laughs) and it's but it's what makes me so happy. And so like I actually haven't given myself very much permission. And so the ultimate challenge was for me was. Can I, you know, slow down and enjoy what I have built with the pressure that I have also built for myself, which is, you know, doubling my expenses every month, building a spear school. And I was proud of myself because I still chose to rest. And I still chose to slow down and I didn't pile on more work and I didn't pile on more programs. So to me, that's like one of the most anti-establishment things I can do is like choose to rest when capitalism is telling me to go big and go bigger, right? Absolutely. And I think like with where you are now, like you said, it's at the point where most people would say I should be doing more because of that. But I think the fact that you're not doing it is actually almost doing the manifesting for you because I feel like that release part like that detachment of like this is what I need to do this is like what I want and then letting it go and letting it come in the way it's meant to like you said it's about integrity and you are running your business with more integrity than I would say most people do and I think the fact that you are so generous and that your focus is on service and on like the simple things I think that's why it flows to you I have this sense of money as an energy that it goes to people who are going to use it in a way that like makes spirit happy and I think that's where like people who are trained through spirit school that's the hope and I'm sure is your intention is that like the people who go through spirit school and then go out to do this work are going to have that same intention and the more people out there doing that there are, the more generosity there's going to be, reciprocity. Because I feel like every person that I've seen through Spirit School who started to do well for themselves, I see them donating money and bringing awareness to things that are happening in other parts of the world. And like that part of it, I think is like, when I look at the grand vision for like where the world is headed, that's what I see is like more awareness of other people and like how when I have more money, that means I have more resources to give. And I think that slowly is happening. And I think Spirit School is one of the places that I see that, you know, in my day to day. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And that came to my awareness early, early, early in the pandemic. That was one of the things I channeled through in one of my spirit messages really early on was like, you know, we're about to enter a real time of clarity of the gaps in society and the haves and the have nots. And, you know, when we gather as a global community under a crisis, like we saw a lot of division after, but at the beginning, we saw a lot of coming together. I, I know I have so much I can say on that. And so, yeah, it, it's been a big learning curve. And I agree. I really do feel that we are becoming more generous than we were maybe 150, 60, even 40 years ago. But I think we still have a far way to go from how we naturally used to be in community with each other, right? And I think when we look at how our communities, no matter which culture you're with, there was no individualism. There was no surviving. We really can't survive without one another, right? We just have these middlemans, which are structures and systems. And we never used to have that middleman. We we knew what to do. And I'm down with rematriarching. I'm down with, you know. (laughs) giving the woman the chance to lead now. Let's see what can be done. And I am I am excited for the future. I really am. I really do feel like good things are coming. I do too. I feel like that's a good place to leave it so that we can pick it up another time. But that's something that I feel like a lot is like the more you see women in power, the more you see things actually happening to benefit people and to bring that energy into the world. 
I know you have a lot going on this fall. We have the Initiation 1.0, the Mediumship Foundations course we were talking about. That's coming up. Of course, the Spirit School Collective is always available. We have Winter Brooke is going to be teaching a trance mediumship. Circle, and I'm telling that is... as a student. I am yeah. so excited. I actually had an astrology reading this morning and this girl, and I trust her, Lindsay, did my solar return reading. And she even brought up, she was like, she's like, have you ever considered trans mediumship? Like that is literally coming up in your chart. And I'm like, wow. I just launched that yesterday and I'm attending it as a student. <laughs> so yes, I'm excited for Winterbrook's trans mediumship two-month circle. Very excited. It's a program. It's like theory, philosophy training and practice and i'm like yes okay it's not a circle that is so cool that's gonna be awesome yeah. and the last thing i'll ask is just what are you the most excited about for fall for the rest of this year okay this is going to be me manifesting here saying this yeah, i am looking here. forward to a healthy 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 fall and winter 2023-2024 for the seranks for my kids for me I mean, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, the past few years has given me health anxiety. So yeah. my wish, and I am declaring it now, is like very minimal sniffles and nothing more severe than that for the next few months. So that's what I'm looking forward to, a healthy fall and winter. <laughs> I love that. A real human manifestation. I love it. I'm manifesting that for me, too, because I've been sick for a week. So let's just say we're all going to be all a spirit school, <laughs> putting protection on everyone. Health is wealth. It really, really is. It health is. is well. So, yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on Spirit Crumbs. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs. Or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.